Yo, listen up, here's a story about a little guy in his blue house and all day and all night and everything is blue like you, like him, inside and outside, blue in his house with the blue little window and a blue ball bag, everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around cause he ain't got Nobody to listen, listen. I'm gay. Wait, what? I'm gay. Oh man. See, I think that is a good start to the episode. Okay, it's good. Okay. Bunker. Oh, baby. Baby. Thirsty all of a sudden. Drink break. Well, that's because you're doing that, so you can't mouth pretty easily. Yeah, all that fucking sugar, man. Well, yeah, that's that looks like <clears throat> sugar beverage central. Oh, you were talking about my weed. Oh. Oh my my weed. Sure. Shit. I'm my weed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't do his laugh. Um. Wait. <laughs> I know that no, Mr. Skelly Bones. Can yeah, do it he can really do well. it really well. I don't know I how. To, I haven't had him on for another episode. He needs to come on for another episode so I can put him on the fucking spot and make him do it. <laughs> He's just really good. Like, at I want to do the laugh, and I know I'm going to do it really wrong. So I'm just going to come in and be like... I sounded like El- I sounded like Albert Fudd when I did mine. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm hunting wabbits, dude. Yeah, I'm hunting wabbits. Uh, Wabbit wait. season. <laughs> no, I can't do oh, it. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, I perfected. I perfected what voice I need to do when I'm high from now on. Did you see that snap? I, I didn't have the volume on. Fuck, dude! It was some of the best work I've ever done. I just got ripped, and I was just. I, whenever I'm high, I talk like I'm Gandalf for some reason. Mm, okay. This time I switched it up. I usually like take a rip and I'm just like, uh, pass some of that hobbit hash. Mm-hmm. Some of that gillyweed, Bilbo. Okay. But uh, for some reason, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to suck this for a second before I try pulling it out. Okay. To fill this like second of void, I'm just gonna talk about what I did today, and that was I just made some fresh squeezed orange juice, and lied. To you all. Marty! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Oh! (laughs) I love the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Fuck you! We have to go back to the future. I was just sitting here. Who are you pointing at right there? I was talking to myself, man. Hmm. I I talk to myself a lot. Okay. I've, I've heard very contradictory things on the topic. Apparently they say... It's you're not smart good for if you. you talk to yourself. They're and saying it's not you're... good for you because it shows mental illness. Oh, thank you. And the second part is, but it shows a higher level of brain function, a.k.a. intelligence, being able to have a conversation with yourself and get somewhere further in life. Mm-hmm. I can agree to that. But I talk to but myself it's def- all the time. But it's definitely a mental illness thing as well. <laughs> no, that's believable, too. I mean, I, I discuss problems and shit with myself when I'm driving. I mean, who doesn't at this point? No, I know a lot of people who don't, and a lot of people would think we're weird for talking to ourselves. In order to get through a day, I have to like talk to myself oh, just so yeah. I know I have what to I coach have to do. myself. I physically coach myself like I'm riding in my own body. Like, nope, you walked wrong. Good job. 
and I'm saying it to myself, you know, surrounded by Nope, you forgot to wear your hacky pads. <laughs> the Rocky Pads. God, this is like six minutes. Just, <laughs> I don't know. This is... Sparta? I want you to say lots of so I can be like, no, Sparta. Just, we just, we haven't... No one said it in a while. I feel like, you know, we need to put our quota in and remember what Zack Snyder used to be. Okay. So, this is Lots of Pasta, and uh, this is the a podcast... pretty cool guy. See, I answered yeah. what you said. Yeah. But just... No, that's what I mean. Really late on cue. No, that's good. So, on Lots of Pasta, we read the creepy pastas. And... Uh, lots of Pasta update real quick. I just want to throw an update out there. Uh-huh. Still don't have a bold pasta in front of us. I told you we're having a pasta party, episode 50. Pasta party? There's going to be actual pasta. I'm going to record the... I'm, we're going to have each peop, each of the people who come, which I would like to think we could get like eight people. And, and their own pasta. No, no, no. Oh, I, I mean, oh. I'm probably going to make all the pasta. Oh, I'll make yeah. like three different kinds. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, we'll, Penne we'll, a la vodka. We'll even use... Yes, I love oh. it. So... We also have my actual creepypasta that I'm... Well, yeah, no, that's going to be used, too. Yeah, no, we'll actually use that. And I just, I feel like we're... This is episode 30. Oh, is it? We're we're fucking getting there, man. Holy shit. We're fucking getting there. But this is fucking great. We're recording this in February. Today is... uh, Today's the day... Two days after Valentine's Day? Uh, 16th? Yeah. Yeah. This is Lots of Pasta, and we are reading the creepypastas, and the creepypastas are... Terry the Tickler... What? No. That's I'm not. not I'm not. I refer to you as Terry the Tickler in every other I'm episode. Peter Pick the Pickle Pepper. <laughs> I'm not calling you all of that. Peter Piper Pick a Pickle Pepper a <laughs> Pepper Paprika. You better watch what you're saying because you're getting you're getting some troubles in areas. Fine. I'm Perry the Pickler. God damn it. <laughs> I just think of that fucking platypus from this. Uh, <laughs> Perry the Platypus? Come on. Fucking Everybody love loves him. him. It's great. So on uh, on lots of pasta, you know, uh, we uh, we like to get a little uh, like to get a little you know kick off the Sunday shoes here and uh, I might sing for loose. I hope you're I hope you're there and uh, loose foot loose and kick off your Sunday shoes. And we like to pack ourselves a little bowl. I'm not talking cereal. I I mean I don't of that uh. Sweet Jamaican basil you bought from Tony Macaroni down the street. Hmm, okay. And uh, Johnny Tsunami. That's an actual story. I bought some weed from in Jamaica from a guy named Tony Macaroni. Oh, good times. Reasonable. Yep. Good guy. Miss you, Tony. And uh, hey, man. Yeah, thirty thirty bucks for a fucking branch. We, my brother and I, didn't even didn't even touch that in a week. We had maybe a quarter of it and then had to pawn it off on another tourist. Sounds reasonable. Getting, you know, hot box in our showers. Good. So, uh, man, I'm a little lightheaded. How are you doing? I'm fine. Great. So, yeah. uh. Gotta have my bowl. Gotta have my cereal. <laughs> they keeps running on and on and on and on. I liked and on that and last on time. And on 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 and on. What episode did we read that in? Oh, uh, that was my second episode, I yeah. think. Was that a uh, eleven? Yeah, AC yeah. Morgan. They were good. <laughs> God damn it, uh, man. So uh, I saved the story for you, and I feel like we have to acknowledge why. Um, is there something you'd like to say to the audience? Yeah, uh, Perry the pickler pickles are piling pretty powerfully high at your local pickle. Power plant. <laughs> God damn it. My alliteration skills had to go on for a little yeah. bit there. As I really tried so hard. Really flexing them. <laughs> the pickle power plant. I was following. You You had mentioned in passing that you've never read Jeff the Killer because it scared you. No, I read it. <laughs> He's a fucking liar. No, I lie. Uh, he, uh, he just... Now, to, to defend him is to say that he meant the picture. He didn't mean the story. Because, I, in all honesty, the story is bullshit. Because it is. And I don't know why it's popular. It's popular because of the picture. That's why. So, you're, you're scared of something that isn't even integral 
to the uh, to the story. Um, I'll admit, picture's a little unsettling. I've never actively been afraid of it, but I've seen tweaks where they take it and make it scarier, and that has made it scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were also discussing Smile JPEG. Fucking creepy. But it also was followed with a creepy fucking story. So, I mean, it looks like uh, someone ran a pretty edited picture through Audacity a bunch of times, which is a joke because you can do that. Fucking awesome. I didn't know that. Editing technique. Took it. It makes makes it look all grainy and commercially and shit. Um, Really interesting stuff. Pictures, I would say, what, this, this, in creepypasta lore, this basically goes back to Slenderman. Yeah. Slenderman was, like, the granddaddy of altered pictures that creeped people out and, and then created content off of it but going back even further i would say the scary stories to tell in the dark those fucking books they were mainly only scary because of the illustrations i never Mm -hmm. once got scared because of the actual story most of the stories were were stupid yeah we're tackling jeff the killer today and i saved this for you because of your aforementioned um jeff the cure disagreement with uh the image and by the image i'm I'm talking about uh, of course i mean the one that uh, was basically a meme with the face, and then in the font it said, "Go to sleep." Mm-hmm. This is really, is really great. It's just really funny. He kisses you on the cheek before you go to sleep with a, with his teeth. Jeff the Killer is a big hitter. We haven't done many big hitters. <laughs> let let the viewers have this one. We could do a stupid troll pasta after this. I'm starting. This is Jeff the Killer from Creepypasta. Creepy bust. Excerpt from a local newspaper. Ominous, unknown killer is still at large. After weeks of unexplained murders, the ominous, unknown killer is still on the rise. After little evidence has been found, a young boy states that he survived one of the killer's attacks and bravely tells his story. Come on! <laughs> Come on! You didn't know it's coming! Yes! I had a bad dream. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. Oh, okay. <clears throat> no, okay, like, actually, right. actually come the, on. This is the real run. <sighs> I had a bad dream, and I woke up in the middle of the night, says the boy. I saw that for some reason the window was open, even though I remember it being closed before I went to bed. I got up and shut it once more. Afterwards, I simply crawled under my covers and tried to get back to sleep. Just when I had a, a strange feeling like someone was watching me. I looked up and nearly jumped out of my bed. There, in a little ray of light illuminating from between my curtains, there were a pair of two eyes. They weren't regular eyes. They were dark, ominous eyes. They were bordered in black and just plain out terrified me. (sighs) That's when I saw his mouth. A long, horrendous smile that made every hair on my body stand up. The figure stood there, watching me. Finally, after what seemed like like forever, he jizzed in my mouth. You gotta add like sound clips of Franz McBoohoo doing that for people at times. He just he just knows. He just he's listening to it and he knows we're talking about. <laughs> he said it. A simple phrase, but said in a way only a madman could speak. Am, am I still like on uh-huh. wow, why is uh-huh. it just randomly pick up a different quote there? Just paragraph from it. He said Go to sleep! What was that? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I let out a scream. Ah! Ah! Ah, no! My leg! <laughs> I let out a scream. I just imagine this. Ah! Like, going on right now. <laughs> That's what sent him at me. He pulled me up. He pulled, uh, pulled. He pulled me up in his strong arms <laughs> and carried me away. You <laughs> tonight. Give me two kisses. He was Peter Pan, <laughs> and I am Captain Hook. We're going to Neverland Ranch. Oh no. Yes, yes. Ah. Uh. I'll call you Blanket. <laughs> That's what sent him at me. He pulled up a knife, aiming at my heart. He jumped on top of my bed. I, th- I fought him back. I kicked. I punched. I'm trying to think of Kung Pao real quick, and I couldn't think of him. Chosen one! No, uh... I'm coming! No, uh, Ling Pao. What? My nipples look like milk My nipples look like milk duds! But what he would say... <laughs> I, I go pee-pee standing up! There we go! I'm a big boy. I go pee-pee standing up. 
I rolled around. Haha, I'm bleeding the most, making me the victim. <laughs> I rolled around trying to knock him off of me, and that's when my dad busted in. And he came and stabbed me too. <laughs> he was watching football, and Tom Brady won. <laughs> he told me to shut the fuck up. The He's man trying to have sex with my mom. Oh. The man threw in a knife. It went in my dad's shoulder. Shit! The man probably would have finished him off if one of the neighbors had alerted the police. I'd be worried about the neighbor and not Jeff. This is like that movie of Nicolas Cage looking through windows. And he's just like... And you just hear his pants unzip. And he's like, yeah, yeah he's sleeping again. Oh, oh, who's that? Wake up, wake up. Who's that, man? Wake up quickly, baby doll. You're gonna, oh. you're gonna help me steal the they drove into the parking lot and... Wait, what? They have a parking lot at their house? They drove into the parking lot and ran towards the door. The man turned and ran down the hallway. I heard a smash! Like glass breaking! As I came out of my room, as I came, I saw the window that was <laughs> pointing towards the back of my house was broken. I looked out to see him vanish into the distance. That was the noises he made as he ran away. He's just like... I'll get you next time! Gadget! <laughs> yeah. I can tell you one thing. I will never forget that face, those cold, evil eyes, that psychotic smile. They will never leave my head. Police are still on the look for this man. If you see anyone that fits the description in this story, please contact your local police department. Shave. My name is Dave. <laughs> my name is Dave. And his family had just moved into a new neighborhood. His dad had gotten a promotion at work, and they thought it would be best to live in one of those... Fancy. Fancy neighborhood. Living. Here we come. Yeah. And his brother, Liu. What? <laughs> Couldn't complain. <laughs> Though, a new, better house. What was not to love? As they were getting unpacked, one of their neighbors came by. Hello. She said. And Barbara, I live across the street from you. Well, I just want to introduce myself. Uh, and introduce my son. She turns around and calls her son. Bill. Billy. These are our new neighbors. Billy said hi and ran back to play in his yard by himself, like a little faggot. He's a he's he's a cool kid. Yeah, he, uh, he builds sandcastles. Okay. Oh, I feel smell. Well, said Jeff's mom. I'm Marguerite, and this is my husband Peter. Hey, <laughs> and my two sons slaps her in the ass, and she's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff and Liu. <laughs> they introduced themselves, and then Barbara invited them to her son's birthday. Jeff and his brother were about to object when their mother said that they would love to. When Jeff and his family are done packing, Jeff went up to his mom. Ma'am, why were you invited to some kid party? You haven't noticed? I'm not some dumb kid. Jeff, said his mother. Yeah, we just moved here. What's Jonah? <laughs> I can't remember. The it was first just voice. a regular, like southern accent. We just moved here. We should show that we want to spend time with our neighbors. Now we're going to that party in that final. Jeff started to talk, but stopped himself, knowing that he couldn't do anything. Whenever his mom said something, it was final. Oh. He walked up to his room and plopped down on his bed. He sat there looking at his ceiling when suddenly he got a weird feeling. Not so much a pain, but a weird feeling. He dismissed it as just some random feeling. He heard his mother call him down to get his stuff, and he walked down to get it. Feeling. Feeling. The next day, Jeff walked downstairs to get breakfast and got ready for school. As he sat there eating his breakfast, he once again got that feeling. This time, it was stronger feeling. It gave him a slight tugging pain, but he once again dismissed it as he and Liu finished breakfast. They walked down to the bus stop. They sat there waiting for the bus, and then all of a sudden, up his some friends. kid on a skateboard jumped over them, only inches above their laps. They both jumped back in surprise. Hey, what the hell? The kid landed and turned back to them. He kicked his skateboard up and caught it with his hands. This kid seems to be about 12, one year younger than... Yeah. He wears an Aero Pastel shirt and ripped blue jeans. As you can tell, this story is written by a fucking genius. All right, um, we're going to take a quick pause here just to comment on what we've read so far. What? <laughs> so wait, this is an interview with police about someone that got visited well, by Jeff the Killer. It's a recounting of events from the perspective of Jeff. Okay. 
but it's also a continuation. Now, now we are in present time. They recapped. We're we're we're. <laughs> like, it looks like we got some new meat. Suddenly, two other kids appeared. Whoa. One was super skinny, and the other was huge, huge, huge. I don't know if this is the same boy, but uh, well, since you're new here, I'd like to introduce ourselves. Over there is Keith. Jeff and Lou looked over to the skinny kid. He had a dopey face that you would expect a sidekick to have. And he's Troy. They looked over at the fat kid. Talk about it's hubble lard. This kid looked like he hadn't exercised since he was crawling. And I, the first kid, am Randy. No, but what's your name? <laughs> now for all the kids in this neighborhood, there's a small price for bus fare if you catch my... Tokyo Drift. Liu stood up, ready to punch the lights out of this kid with his Hidukin eyes when one of his <laughs> friends pulled a knife on him. Oh, Switchblade. I hoped you would be more cooperative. But it seems we must do this the hard way. The kid walked up to Liu and took his wallet out of his pocket. Yeah. Got that feeling again. Now it was truly strong, a burning sensation in his urethra. He stood up, but Liu gestured him to sit down. Yes. Ignored him and walked up to the kid. I'm glad, like, Jeff has a violent past and Liu told him not to enact on it. Just like, Jeff, please. It's okay, brother, it's okay. It's okay. Go to sleep! <laughs> Just go. Shh. Shh. Here you do, huh? Give back my bros wallet or else. Randy put the wallet in his pocket and pulled out his own knife. Didn't he have a knife out earlier? No, the other, the fuck, the fucking... Troy. Fat, yeah. Troy or Keith? It's cool, fat. Keith. Keith. Yeah, he, look out for Keith. <laughs> oh, what will you do? Just as he finished the sentence, yeah, popped the kid in the nose as Randy reached for his face. Yeah, grabbed the kid's wrist and broke it. Randy Whoa. screamed, and Yif grabbed the knife from his hand. Troy and Keith rushed Yif, but Yif was too quick. He threw Randy to the ground. Keith lashed out at him, but Yif ducked and stabbed him in the arm. Keith dropped his knife and fell to the ground screaming. Troy rushed him too, but Yif didn't even need the knife. He just punched Troy straight in the stomach, and Troy went down. As he fell, he puked all over. Liu could do nothing but look in amazement at Yif. Oh, yeah. How you do that? That was all he said. They saw the bus coming and knew they'd be blamed for the whole thing, so they started running as fast as they could. As they ran, they looked back and saw the bus driver rushing over to Randy and the others. As Yif and Liu made it to the school, they didn't dare tell what happened. All they did was sit and listen. Liu just thought of that as his brother beating up a few kids, but Yif knew it was more. It was something scary. As he got that feeling, the feeling, he felt how powerful it was, the urge to just hurt He didn't like how it sounded, but he couldn't help feeling happy. He felt that strange feeling go away and stay away for the entire day of school. Even as he walked home due to the whole thing near the bus stop and how he, and how now, brown cow, he oh, probably wouldn't be taking the bus anymore. He felt happy. When he got home from his, his parents, asked them how his day was, and he said in a somewhat ominous voice, Next morning, he heard a knock at his front door. He walked down to, to find two police officers at the door. His mother looked back at him with an angry look. Dep! Need officer tell me that you attacked my kid! I just don't know where her voice keeps uh -huh, going. Uh -huh. That's okay. I'm following. <laughs> that wasn't a regular fight. That they were stabbed. Stabbed, son! Yes. Gaze fell to the floor, showing his mother that it was true. Mom, there's a way booting that on me, Lou. Son! said one of the cops. We found! Three kids, two stabbed, one having a bruise on his stomach. And we have witnesses proving that you fled this scene. You ready to be pounded in jail? Because <laughs> your booty's not going to survive. It's juvie, dude. Oh, your booty's not going to survive. <laughs> now, what does that tell us? Yeah. Knew it was no use. He could say him and Liu had been attacked. But then there was no proof it was not them who attacked first. They couldn't say that they weren't fleeing. Because truth be told, they were. So Jeff 
couldn't defend himself or Liu. Son, call down your brother. Jeff couldn't do it, since it was him who could beat up all the kids. Sir, you... It was me. I was one who beat up the kids. Liu would try to hold me back, but he couldn't stop me. The cop looked over at his partner, and they both nod. Well, kid... Looks like a year in my booty. I mean, in juvie. Wait! Says Liu. They all looked up to see him holding a knife. The officers pulled their guns and locked them on Liu. It was me. I beat up those little punks. I have the marks to prove it. He lifted up his sleeves to reveal cuts and bruises as if he was in a struggle. Son, just put the knife down. Said the officer. Liu held up the knife and dropped it to the ground. He put his hands up and walked over to the cops. No, Liu. It was me. I did it. Jeff had tears running down his face. Huh? Poor bro. Trying to take the blame for what I did? Well, take me away. The police led Liu out to the patrol car. Liu, tell him it was me. Tell him. I would want to be up no kid. Jeff's mother put her hands on his shoulders. Jeff, please. Don't have to lie. We know it's Liu. You can stop. Jeff watched helplessly as the cop car speeds off with Liu inside. A few minutes later, Jeff's dad pulled into the driveway, seeing Jeff's face and knowing something was wrong. Son? Son, what is it? Jeff couldn't answer. His vocal cords were strained from crying. Instead, Jeff's mother walked his father inside to break the bad news to him as Jeff wept in the driveway. After an hour or so, Jeff walked back into the house, seeing that his parents were both shocked, sad, and disappointed. He couldn't look at them. He couldn't see how they thought of Liu when it was his fault. He just went to sleep, trying to get the whole thing off his mind. Two days went by with no word from Liu at JDC. No friends to hang out with. Nothing but sadness and guilt. That is, until Saturday, when Jeff is woke <coughs> up by his mother with a happy, sunshiny face. Jeff, it's the day. She said as she opened up the curtains and let light flood into his room. What? What's the... Asked Jeff as he stirs awake. Why? It's Billy's party. He was now fully awake. Mom, you're joking, right? You didn't expect me to go to some kid's party after... There was a long pause. Jeff, we both know why I'm. I think this part could be the thing that brings some past days. Now get for it. Jeff's mother walked out of his room and downstairs to get ready herself. He fought himself to get up. He picked out a random shirt and pair of jeans and walked downstairs. He saw his mother and father all dressed up, his mother in a dress and his father in a suit. He thought, why they would even wear such fancy clothes to a kid's party? So you're going to work? Said oh. Jeff's mom. Been way too much. He said. His mother pushed down the feeling to yell at him and hit it with a smile. Yeah, Jeff, we may be overdressed, but this is how you go if you want to make an impression. <laughs> said his father. <laughs> Jeff grunted and went back up to his room. <laughs> Can we get a replay of that? <laughs> One more time. <laughs> Jeff, you all right up there? I don't have any fancy clothes! Just picture for now! Called his mother. He looked around in his closet for what he could call fancy. He found a pair of black dress pants he had for special occasions and an undershirt. He couldn't find a shirt to go with it, though. He looked around and found only striped and patterned shirts, none of which go with dress pants. Finally, he found a white hoodie and put it on. You're wearing that? They both said. His mother looked at her watch. Oh no. No time to change. Let's, let's just go. She said as she herded Jeff and his father out the door. They crossed the street over to Barbara and Billy's house. They knocked on the door and it appeared that Barbara, just like his parents, way overdressed. As they walked inside, all Jeff could see were adults. No kids. <clears throat> kids are out in the yard, Jeff. How about you go and meet some of them? said Barbara. Jeff walked outside to a yard full of kids. They were running around in weird cowboy costumes and shooting each other with plastic guns. He might as well be standing in a Toys R Us. Suddenly, a kid came up to him and handed him a toy gun and hat. Hey, wanna play? Play? Hey, wanna play? Oh, I guess. Sure. 
he said. Chris Hansen came out with the chat log asking Jeff right. to sit down. Right, Jeff, I'm not to have you sit down. Were you known as Sexy Boy 27? Were you known as Jeff the Killer? Go to sleep. <laughs> one, one, two, three. <laughs> uh, underscore XX420. I gotta, I gotta tell you, that's the most original name I've ever seen. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, kid. I'm way too old for this stuff. The kid looked at him with a weird puppy dog face. Poise, said the kid. Fine, said Jeff. He put on the hat and started to pretend to shoot at the kids. At first, he thought it was totally ridiculous, but then he started to actually have fun. It might not have been super cool, but it was the first time he had done something that took his mind off of Liu. So he played with the kids for a while until he heard a noise. A weird rolling noise. Then it hit him. Randy, Troy, and Keith all jumped over the fence on their skateboards. Jeff dropped the fake gun and ripped off the hat. Randy looked at Jeff with burning hatred. Hello? Jeff, is it? He said. We have some unfinished business. I think that was it. <laughs> Jeff saw his bruised nose. I think we're even. I beat the crap out of you, and you got my brother sent to JDC. Randy got an angry look in his eyes. Oh no! I don't go for even. I go for winning, like Charlie Sheep. Tiger blood. You may have kicked our asses that one day, but not today. As he said that, Randy rushed at Jeff. They both fell to the ground. Randy punched Jeff in the nose, and Jeff grabbed him by the ears and headbutted him. Jeff pushed Randy off of him and both rose to their feet. Kids were screaming, and parents were running out of the house. Troy and Keith pulled guns out of their pockets. I'm sorry. Yep. What? Yep, here we go. How old are these kids in this uh -huh. story? No, keep going. No one interrupts, or guts will fly, they said. Randy pulled a knife on Jeff and stabbed it into his shoulder. Jeff screamed and ah. fell to his knees. Oh Randy started kicking him, kicking him, and three kicks. Jeff grabbed his foot and twisted it, causing Randy to fall to the ground. <coughs> Jeff stood up and walked towards the back door. Troy grabbed him. Needs some help. He picks Jeff up by the back of the collar and throws him through the patio door. As Jeff tries to stand, he is kicked to the ground. Randy repeatedly starts kicking Jeff until he starts to cough up blood. We, oh my fucking dude. Where is this story going? We're gonna find out. On Dragon Ball Z. No, that was gonna be my end joke. Oh. <laughs> That's who I've been trying to read as. <laughs> but no, like, seriously. So, wait, like, the parents are just standing around while there's, like, two fucking kids with guns right now? Yeah. Essentially, maybe. Guns. Come on, Jeff! Fight me! He picks Jeff up and throws him into the kitchen. Randy sees a bottle of vodka on the counter and smashes the glass over Jeff's head. Is this a western now? Yeah, maybe. Fight! He throws Jeff back into the living room. Come on, Jeff! Look at me! Jeff glances up, his face riddled with blood. I was the one who got your brother sent to JDC. Now you're gonna sit here and let him rot in there for a whole year? You should be ashamed. Jeff starts to get up. Oh, finally! You stand and fight! Jeff is now to his feet, blood and vodka on his face. Once again, he gets that strange feeling. The one in, in which he hasn't felt for a while. Finally! He's up! Says Randy as he runs at Jeff. That's when it happens. Something inside Jeff snaps. His psyche is destroyed. All rational thinking is gone. All he can do is kill. He grabs Randy and pile drives him into the ground. He gets on top of him and punches him straight in the heart. The punch causes Randy's heart to stop. As Randy grasps for breath, Jeff hammers down on him. Punch after punch, blood gushes from Randy's body until he takes one final breath and dies. That was the story. Oh. Everyone is looking at Jeff now. The parents, the crying kids, even Troy and Keith. Although they easily break from their gaze and point their guns at Jeff. Jeff sees the guns trained on him and runs for the stairs. As he runs, Troy and Keith let out fire on him, each shot missing. Jeff runs up the stairs. He hears Troy and Keith follow up behind. As they let out their final rounds of bullets, Jeff ducks into the bathroom. He grabs the towel rack and rips it off the wall. Troy and Keith race in, knives ready. Is this a fucking Steven Seagal movie? Toby Keith. Troy swings, I could think about Troy Troy swings his knife at Jeff, who backs away and bangs the towel rack into Troy's face. They had guns! Troy, out of ammo. Oh. Troy goes down hard, and now all that's left is Keith. 
He is more agile than Troy, though, and ducks when Jeff swings the towel rack. He dropped the knife and grabbed Jeff by the neck. He pushed him into the wall. A thing of bleach fell down on top of him from the top shelf. It burnt both of them, and they both st startled. Uh, they both started to scream. <gasps> Jeff wiped his eyes as best as he could. Oh, no. He pulled back the towel rack and swung it straight into Keith's head. Oh. As he lay there, bleeding to death, he let out an ominous smile. He let it out? He let out an ominous smile. What's so funny? Asked Jeff. Keith pulled out a lighter and switched it on. What's funny? He said. Is that you coming to bleach alcohol? Jeff's eyes widened as Keith threw the lighter at him. As soon as the flame made contact with him, the flames ignited the alcohol in the vodka. And while the al alcohol burned him, the bleach bleached his skin. Jeff let out a terrible screech as he caught on fire. <coughs> he tried to roll out the fire, but it was no use. The alcohol had made him a walking inferno. He ran down the hall and fell down it and fell down the stairs. Everybody started screaming as they saw Jeff, now a man on fire, dropped to the ground, nearly dead. The last thing Jeff saw was his mother and the other parents trying to extinguish the flames. That's when he passed out. When Jeff woke, he had a cast wrapped around his face. He couldn't see anything, but he felt a cast on his shoulder and stitches all over his body. He tried to stand up, but he realized that there was some tube in his arm. He tried to get up and fell out, and a nurse rushed in. Now, I don't think you get out of bed just yet, she said as she put him back in his Why bed and reinserted the tube. Oh, Jeff sat there with no vision, no idea of what his surroundings were. Finally, after hours, he heard his mother. Honey, are you okay? She asked. Jeff couldn't answer, though. His face was covered, and he was unable to speak. Oh, honey, I have great news. After all the witnesses told the police that Randy confessed to trying to attack you, they decided to let Leo go. This made Jeff almost bolt up, stopping halfway, remembering the tube coming out of his arm. <laughs> well, I don't want to have that happen again. <laughs> yeah, she'll come in and tell me to go back to bed, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> You'll be out by tomorrow, and then you two will be able to be together again. Jeff's mother Together. hugs Jeff and says her goodbyes. The next couple of weeks were those where Jeff was visited by his family. Then came the day where his bandages were to be removed. His family were all there to see it and what he would look like. As the doctors unwrapped the bandages from Jeff's face, everyone was on the edge of their seats. They waited until the last bandage holding the cover over his face was almost removed. Let's hope for the best, said the doctor. He quickly pulls the cloth, letting the rest fall from Jeff's face. Jeff's mother screams at the sight of his face. <laughs> Leo and Jeff's dad stare, awestruck at his face. What? What happened to my face? Jeff said. He rushed out of bed and ran to the bathroom. He looked in the mirror and saw the cause of the distress. His face, it... It's horrible. His lips were burnt to a deep shade of red. His face was turned into a pure white color and his hair singed from brown to black. He slowly put his hand to his face. It had a sort of leathery feel to it now. He looked back at his family, then back at the mirror. I actually didn't know that it had anything to do with the picture. Yeah, no, I didn't know either. Okay. Because I never read the story. Oh, okay. Said Liu. He's not that bad. Not that bad. Said Jeff. It's perfect. His family were equally surprised. Jeff started laughing uncontrollably. His parents noticed that his left eye and hand were twitching. I've never felt more happy. <laughs> <laughs> so he turned into the fucking Joker. <clears throat> yeah, no, it essentially really, he this fell is a Joker origin story. <clears throat> All right, okay. I've never felt more happy. <laughs> Oh, I need to come at some point in the episode. I know, I know, I was expecting Look at me! His face goes perfectly with me! He couldn't stop laughing. He stroked his <laughs> face, feeling it, looking <laughs> at it in the mirror. What caused this? Well, you may recall that when Jeff was fighting Randy, something in Randy his mind, Quaid. his sanity snapped. Now he was left as a crazy killing machine. That is, his parents didn't know. Doctor, said Jeff's mom. Is my son all right, you know, in the, in the head? Oh, you're <laughs> not very good. God, no. Not very good at all. <laughs> not very good. Not very good at all. Oh, yes. 
This behavior is typical for patients I've been... I can't do it. I've taken very large amounts of painkillers. If it's behavior doesn't change in a few weeks, we can back here and we'll give him a psychological test. Mr. Whitemouth. <laughs> and he comes back. Oh, thank you, doctor. Jeff's like mother. Morgan said. <laughs> Jeff's mother went over to Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, sweetie, it's time to go. Jeff looks away from the mirror, his face still formed into a crazy smile. Okay, mommy. His mother took him by the shoulder and took him to the get his clothes. This is what came in, said the lady at the desk. Jeff's mom looked down to see the black dress pants and white hoodie her son wore. Now they were clean of blood and now stitched together. Jeff's mother led him to his room and made him put his clothes on. Then they left, not knowing that this was their final day of life. Later that night, Jeff's mother woke to a sound coming from the bathroom. It sounded as if someone was crying. She slowly walked over to see what it was. When she looked into the bathroom, she saw a horrendous sight. Jeff had taken a knife and carved a smile into his cheeks. Jeff, what are you doing? Asked his mother. Jeff looked over to his mother. I couldn't keep smiling, Mommy. It hurt after a while. Now I can smile forever. Jeff's mother noticed his eyes ringed in black. Jeff, stop listening to Linkin Park I was gonna say and my, fucking My, my Chemical, Chemical Romance. Romance. <laughs> Jeff! I mean, Jeff, your eyes. His eyes were seemingly never closing. I couldn't see my face. I got tired and my eyes started to close. I burned out the eyelids so I could forever see myself, my new face. Jeff's mother slowly started to back away, seeing that her son was going insane. What's wrong, Mommy? Aren't I... Vogue? Struck a pose. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, son. She said. Yes, you are. Let me go get Daddy so he can see your face. She ran into the room and shook Jeff's dad from his sleep. Honey, get the gun. We... She stopped as she saw Jeff in the doorway holding a knife. Mommy, you lied. That's the last thing they hear as Jeff rushes them with the knife, gutting them both. His brother Liu woke up, startled by some noise. He didn't hear anything else, so he just shut his eyes and tried to go back to sleep. As he was on the border of slumber, he got the strangest feeling that someone was watching him. He looked up before Jeff's hand covered his mouth. He slowly raised the knife, ready to plunge it into Liu. Liu thrashed here and there, trying to escape Jeff's grip. Jeff said, just gonna GO TO SLEEP! <laughs> Oh, the story's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's a Steven Seagal revenge action flick. Yeah, seriously, I, that took such a fucking turn. Like, just the whole explanation of the little boy on the skateboard was funny. Fucking stupid, man. And it's like the straight up fucking bloody brawl inside of a house. It's like, it's and the like cops they... do not come there anytime before he kills them. You ever see John Carpenter's They Live? No. You've never seen They Live? Oh man. Wait, See, in the middle the... in the middle of the movie, uh, he gets in a fight with the black dude who voices the cat from Coraline and he's in t- tons of other shit. And uh at one point, uh it, it becomes a six minute a six minute fist fight over a guy telling him to put on some glasses. Put on these glasses. Punch, punch, kick, kick. Brutal fucking smashing heads into windows and shit. No, please, put on the glasses. Fucking six and a half minute fight scene. That is what Jeff the Killer was. Oh. Oh, man. Fucking stupid. Yeah, I just don't, I don't understand how the ending's supposed to work. I, like, I love how it tells, like, an account of somebody that experienced him. And then... It just goes in the backstory of him, out of fucking nowhere. And I like, like, how old is he in this story? No fuck, I mean, younger than high school, I think, right? Easily. Junior high, maybe? Maybe? Juvie's involved, so it's younger, obviously younger than, like, 18. I just figured the Leo character was, like, 14 and Jeff was, like, 16. Oh, I can understand. Yeah, why would he say mommy, though? That's Even a, if he has, well, like, I mean, a snapped mind. I was gonna say, he did go crazy. It was fucking dumb. 
I mean, we had to read it at some point, right? Like, really, uh, we, we can only skip it for so long. Alright, so we're gonna finish this episode with a fucking long-ass <laughs> trouble pasta. Yeah, this is long as shit. This is longer than Jeff the Killer was, but there's a lot of spaces. Alright, so this one, this is a troll pasta called A Meeting with Al-Qaeda from Troll Pasta. I like that Al-Qaeda spelled wrong. Yep. Everything's gonna be... Al-Qaeda. Oh, God, if Dennis Quaid or Andy Quaid show up, A Meeting up, with Al-Qaeda. <laughs> the episode with Al-Qaeda. Yes, Mr. Officer, said a calm Jimmy and left the room. Okay, here's a little info about what happened. Jimmy Parents was working in the private organization, not or TV. That means no organized or terrible violence. And they have their biggest mission yet. Stop Al-Qaeda camp. Only nine Al-Quad members, or should I say, the leaders of the Al-Qaeda in the major city. They was going to Cuba and kill this leaders with a premonition from the president of the United States, the president of Cuba and FBI. They sent 20 men and Jimmy parents. <laughs> they coursed to bring Jimmy because they had no courses. Stay home or bring Jimmy. They course bring Jimmy. A very bad decision. In a secret Al-Qaeda camp in Cuba, Osama bin Laden and other major names in Al-Qaeda was going to discuss the securest plan I can't reveal. Jimmy got a gun and followed his parents. They saw the camp. The place had a lot of half-broken blinks to shoot at. A course to fund trough with hard opposites and a very nice house in the middle. There was the goal. But to get to there without steeping on any landmines or get shot, every leader have three bodyguards each and always a lot of guards outside. Here's the plan. Dog gonna run on the field and get the attention of the guards. Then we shoot every single guard at the same time. Get some bombs around the house and boom! No more Bin Laden. But this is not as easy as it sound. And this plan does sound easy. You get the point. The dog got shot after about 10 to 15 seconds. Our only hope is that some of the soldiers can get the guards. If it's 20 seconds different, one of the guards can call on the rest and 30 more guards gonna come. 70 Al-Qaeda versus 20 men are not even a thinkable fight. Sally, Silji, Joe, J Sonny, Jim, Jimmy, and Jimmy parents, Martin and Martine. Sally had the bombs. Everyone had a gun. I can't tell too much details about this story. This is an FBI case, so I have to be careful to only tell info to the press had leaked. Like I know the place, the guns, everything. I was there. I'm Jimmy Godfather. But who am I? You're never gonna know. So Sally, Joe, and Jim <coughs> took the front. Only four guards. The side had six. That was Sonny and Silji's job. The back was Jimmy and Martin and Martine had the back. Remember that Jimmy is 11 years old. <laughs> this is a new development. Jimmy is 11 years old. Oh. Go, shouted Joe, and everybody shot the guard. But one problem. Who guarded the left side? Nobody. 40 Al-Qaeda men in full armor came out with full loaded guns. Everything happened so fast. I saw dead people everywhere. My gun was empty. I took the first gun I found, and I looked close and good at the gun. The gracing, good luck, love you, Martin, was in gold letters in the handle. Marta was dead. I shoot at LK to guard in the chest. I fund in to the house. Three guard fund in after me. But I fund in the corner before the bullets hit me. I saw a door. Everything happened so fast. I fund in a door and got through the air duct. I was right under the leaders. I had the chance to kill an Al-Qaeda leader. But I would probably got shoot self. I aimed at Bin Laden, and right before I pulled the trigger, I remembered who that owned this gun, Marta. I saw Jimmy outside, alone. That mean that Martin was dead, too. I can't die from him. I'm the only one he have left. I just crawled forward and jumped down into the next room. I found true to door. For the first time in my life, I felt the tep I felt the felling that I needed to be alive. When I do things like that, I just think, if I die, I become a martyr. I would be the greatest pride. But now I didn't think about mar martyr or anything. I thought I needed to be alive for Jimmy. I saw Jimmy in the top of a tree shooting terrorists, and it surprised me how, he, how well he was. He nailed it perfect. I screamed to him, and when he saw me, he started crying, crying of happiness. He knew that both his parents died because he had 
his dad's special gun with on it. He had blood all over him, but he hasn't cried. That's weird. Even I cry sometimes. But if I had lost both my parents in my first battle when I was 11 years old, I would be heartbroken. But he didn't even shed a tear. I dost think no if he's brave, heartless, or that he haven't realized that both his parents was dead. He jumped to my hands and we got away safe. We sat in an abandoned warehouse. I just, I just... Jimmy, I have something terribly to tell you. Both your parents are, 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 are... Dead. Yeah, I know. Aren't you heartbroken? No, I'm glad it happened. <laughs> no, I'm not need to worry about their death. Your parents are dead. I know! I know! Every time my parents left on a mission, I'm afraid this happens. I'm sick of the waiting. The waiting is finally over. I'm glad they're dead. You don't mean that. Take that back. Never! A police officer comes and takes with Jimmy. So your name is Jimmy? Beep. Right? Yeah, officer. Your parents are Martin and Mata. Bleep. Right? No, that's incorrect, sir. They're dead. When did them die? <laughs> Around two hours ago. Who killed them? Some random Al-Qaeda guys. I'm sorry to hear that. Where are you going to live? I'm going to live with my godfather. Beep. Okay. Do you need help to handle the pain? Nah, I'm fine. Sure. It's okay for a man to cry. I'm fine. Okay. But you killed someone from Al-Qaeda, right? <laughs> yeah. I killed five to six guys. You, know, <laughs> you, you don't seem touched by this. That's because I'm not touched at all. Uh, a last question. Are you able to kill a random person? Yeah, Mr. Officer. Said a calm Jimmy as he left the room. Credited to Mr. Six Six Six. This is a vastly improved version. <laughs> the episode with Al Qaeda. It's a secret. I can't reveal, Mr. Officer. Said a calm, ominous Jimmy. He ominously fucked the table below him and ominously left the room. <laughs> Twelve centuries ago, <laughs> Chapter One. Okay, here's a little heads up on what happened. Jimmy's parents were not or TV agents. That stands for never overdose today or tomorrow, Victor. It was set up by a schizophrenic miser who loved to take drugs. A few days ago, Jimmy's parents left to battle Jeff the Killer. They succeeded and returning to their home whilst making out. They had no idea what was to come. Good morning, fuckers. <laughs> the schizophrenic said to Jimmy's parents. They proceeded to get naked and make out on the floor. Fuckers, I'm assigning you to the task of getting rid of an Al-Qaeda camp. He sipped, or rather inhaled, his coke, pausing for half an hour to take in beauty of the drug before resuming his speech. Terrorism is bad for my business, and I require you two to take care of the task for me. There are nine Al-Qaeda leaders in Cuba. You two ought to fuck them all up. We already have the thumbs up in my ass approval from President Bush. Thumbs up in our ass's approval from the FBI. And I don't give a shit about them thumbs up in you guys. Just get over with. Pronto. Approval from Cuba. We still have no approval from the major Al-Qaeda leaders. Dismissed. Jimmy's parents got not naked and left the room. On the way home, Martin, Jimmy's dad, said, Martin, that was some good sex. Also, what do we do about Jimmy? Martin proceeded to make out with Martin, get their car crashed, get sent to a hospital for 12 years, and finally, with their thumbs up their dicks, made their way to their own home. At this time, Jimmy had already graduated from college. I didn't get sent to college. Oh, no. Martin exclaimed, What do we do with Jimmy while we're gone? It's simple. Martin responded. We take Jimmy. And so they went off on a journey like no other, sitting on unicorns for the element of surprise. Jimmy, Jimmy's parents, and 20 other extras who didn't matter went off to got a meeting with Al-Qaeda. Chapter 2 in the secret Al-Qaeda camp. Osama bin Laden sat there ominously sucking his ominous thumb while the distant sound of rainbows steadily came closer. And we're gonna re- we're gonna discuss a secret brand we can't uh, reveal. Osama ominously whispered. <laughs> Little people know Osama's from Boston. <laughs> what? The Taliban leader at the other end of the table asked Osama ominously through a cup of coffee at him. Ominously. And the, 
<laughs> the leader, seeking redemption for interrupting his superior, ran out of the room screaming from the hot coffee all over him. He proceeded to get naked and make out with the naked grass. Little did he know that Martin and Martine were doing the same thing with the 20 other extras as they made their way over to Cuba. Wait, what? Finally, after two minutes of running around, the unicorns got exhausted and proceeded to die. Everyone made it off safely and they saw the Al-Qaeda camp. Oh, man! Exclaimed Sally, one of the extras. They're discussing the secret pan that came to Bill. Yeah. Said Joe, another extra. He stepped on a landmine and blew up and no one gave half a shit about him because he was an extra. <laughs> okay. Said Sonny. What do we do now? A bald eagle flew over and ripped his head off. We get into his compound and shoot everything, everywhere. Martin offered. No. Interrupt Martine. Do you see the layout of the kid? Do you like every option at our disposal? A lightning bolt hit three more extras. <laughs> With dogs, tree men, and a kid with a gun. So here's my plan. A tank came out of the ground, shot at five extras, and we buried itself back <laughs> into the dirt. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like I'm imagining a tank coming out of the ground, Just diving like a whale. In. No, not even a whale. Like it comes up, shoots, and then goes back <laughs> under. <laughs> kind of like uh, those spiders that jump out from the ground. Cattle spiders. God damn it. <laughs> First, we get the dogs going to camp. Raise attention. A shark bit off half of an extra. Oh my God. While the op four are running around with their dicks in their hands, we send a small fire team to flank them. While the main force enters through the main gate, we shoot random stuff. While the flanking team plants explosives. Laser beams come out of the sky and vaporize two extras. <laughs> Why? We didn't shoot everyone. Just make sure, blow the place the kingdom come. Understand me? The surviving one extra nodded before spontaneously combusting. <laughs> okay, guys. Martine said. Let's get this over with. Yeah! Chapter 3. My leader. A Taliban leader said. Don't interrupt me. Osama Bin Laden ominously <laughs> whispered before ominously taking an ominous pistol and ominously shooting the Taliban leader. The leader screamed out in fear before realizing Osama had blanks loaded in the ominous pistol. Next time it'll be real. Osama ominously said before ominously putting his pistol back into his ominous shirt. <laughs> Jimmy said. My dick is ready. Martin shouted. My body has been ready since the Romans first stepped into land. Martine exclaimed. I don't know what she became. Woof! A dog barked before being randomly blown up because, you know, who cares about extra dogs? Go! Go! Everyone shouted. The dogs ran into the compound and were filled with bullets by the trained Taliban soldiers. Hey, Americans, get them! The Taliban squad leader shouted. Oh, no. Martin declared as sad violin music came out of nowhere. We have to make a desperate last stand. The trio promptly loaded their rifles and proceeded to shoot down a hundred Al-Qaeda members. Suddenly, a Taliban soldier appeared out of nowhere and shot a bullet at Martin's knee. The violin piece reached a crescendo as, Martin's, as Martin went down onto the ground in slow motion. Daddy. Jimmy yelled. My sex partner. Martine yelled. Woof. The one and only dog left barked. Get into the barn house. Martine said to Jimmy as bullets flew past their defensible position. Okay. Jimmy said as a barn house appeared out of nowhere behind them. But, uh, we can stay here. We have invincibility on, infinite ammo on, god mode on. Go now, son. Martine whispered before picking her rifle back up and starting the slaughter of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda once more. Jimmy cried. He cry every tame. Chapter 4! Jimmy went into the barn house as an action music played and Taliban soldiers chased after him. He broke open the door and was surprised to see his uncle masturbating on the floor to porn. Porn so secret it can't be revealed. Jimmy gasped. The Taliban soldiers gasped. I gasped. Jimmy's uncle cleared his throat and sat on the porn. He then shot the Taliban soldiers. What's up, nephew? Don't say anything. Just go sit on the tree outside. His uncle told him. Jimmy went to, t to the tree and spent the next 50 years shooting Taliban soldiers. <laughs> okay, that's enough. His uncle ushered him back inside. They sat on the floor outside the Taliban soldiers in frustration of not being able to find Jimmy, got naked and made out with each other. The naked grass smiled. Okay, Jimmy, I have something to tell you. Well, the parents are... Ah, dead? Yeah, I know. I was going to tell you that they were bisexual, but yeah, they're dead. I knew it! Every time they went off, they have sex! Total! 
Calm down, Jimmy. Jimmy nuked half the world before continuing. I was scared every time they left, so I got naked. He jacked off the new picture of my mom and my dad. Sad piano music played as Jimmy's uncle gasped. My God, Jimmy. And I'm glad they're dead. Jimmy's uncle gasped again. You don't mean that, do you? Jimmy's uncle said. Take that back right now, young man, or I will anal anally probe you. Never. Sirens sounded outside and the police got into a nationwide firefight with the Al-Qaeda members. Osama bin Laden ominously sat watching while ominously jacking off. People gasped at random times due to the severity of the plot twist. A police officer opened the barn house's door and gasped at Jimmy. He continued grasping. He continued gasping at every other second as he led Jimmy away in handcuffs while his uncle watched naked. Chapter 5 Take a seat, Jimmy. The police officer said outside. The police officer that escorted Jimmy to the police station died of hyperventilation from too many gas. <laughs> okay, officer. Jimmy said in an ominous tone. All right, so your name is Jimmy. <sighs> Jimmy ominously whispered. He took a cup of coffee and ominously threw it. It's a unicorn land. Your parents are Martin and Martin. Me. Right? No, that is incorrect. Jimmy ominously inhaled. Why is that? They're dead. Ominous music starts to play while the officer outside gets naked. Oh, you gotta play ominous music for that part. I'm gonna be doing all the music cues. <laughs> when did they die? Around two hours ago. Jimmy ominously said as he ominously took a look at his ominous watch. He killed him. Okay. Jimmy ominously started to masturbate with the table. Sorry to hear that, Jimmy. Where are you going to live? In an ominous place with my godfather. Jimmy ominously responded. Okay, you need some sex to help cope with the pain? I could call him some unicorn. No. Jimmy ominously interrupted. I'm fine. Sure, it's okay for a man to satisfy his pleasures. I'm fine. Jimmy said in a gravelly, ominous voice. He took out a pistol and ominously shot a blank at the wall. Okay, just out of curiosity, you killed some Al-Qaeda members, right? Slaughtered their entire fucking army. Jimmy ominously zipped his pants back up. You... You does seem touched by this fact, because... Jimmy ominously took a deep breath and put on some sunglasses. I'm not touch at all. The ominous music reached its crescendo. Okay. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Jimmy got up. Just one more question, Jimmy. Hmm? Jimmy turned around. Are you able at any given time to look at a man and pull out a weapon and kill him? It's a secret. I can't reveal, Mr. Officer, said a calm, ominous Jimmy. He ominously fucked the table below him and ominously left the room. The end. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. Vastly improved version written by 41488P. True ending. True ending. Oh my God. Later, Jimmy waited. The lights above him blinked and sparked out of the air. There were Al-Qaeda's in the base. He didn't see them, but had expected them for years now. His warnings to, off to Mr. Officer were not listened to, and now it was too late. Far too late now, anyway. Jimmy was not ORTV member for 14 years. When he was young, he watched his parents, and he said to Dad, I'm gonna be on plane, Dad! Dad Daddy. said, No, you will be killed by Alquitas. There was a time when he believed him. Then as he got older, he stopped. But now, in the Cuban base of the Osama, he knew there were Al-Qaeda's. This is Mr. Officer. The radio crackered. You must fight the Al-Qaeda's. So Jimmy got at his machine gun and blew up the wall. You're going to kill him, said the Al-Qaeda's. I will shoot at him, said oh. the Osama bin Laden, and he fired the rocket missiles. Jimmy machine gunned at him and tried to blew him up, but then the ceiling fell and they were trapped and not able to kill. No, I'm going to kill the Al-Qaeda, he shouted. The radio said, No, Jimmy, you are the Al-Qaeda's. And then Jimmy was touched by this. Were you touched by this? I was touched by this. Mmm... Deep in my fucking asshole. Mm. Right next to my fucking prostate. Oh. That's how I felt about this entire fucking story. Oh. All in all, I just wish I just wish it was just one story. I didn't know I I didn't know the entire thing was like a rehash twice. You ever just like wake up and it snows? You know, when you go to bed, it's, it's supposed to snow, and you're like, nah, it's not going to snow, and you wake up, and you look outside, and everything's covered in snow, and you immediately develop a headache? 
Oh, yeah. That's actually. what that story was to me. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> That's a really good analogy, though. Oh, my God. I mean, it was hilarious with the Alquitas. So uh, this was uh, this was lots of pasta. We did some uh, we did some Jeff the Killer, and uh, then we did a largely regrettable uh, troll pasta about the Al Qaeda. But it you know it mentioned Jeff the Killer once, so I guess it was a viable enough read. Yeah, his uh, his parents killed Jeff the Killer. I guess. Good to know. Glad to know that. Uh, this was lots of pasta with uh, Terry the Tickler. I hope uh, Terry the Pickler. I hope everyone out there uh, got nice and stupid and uh, enjoyed their time here. Got, a, got anything else you want to add? I want to see it made into a full length movie. Yeah, I think I think Mel Gibson is directing it. Whoa! More bad news. Oh, good times.